0: It's Julie and Pete from Rush the Bus. Afternoon. Good afternoon. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Charles Herbert, yes, a.k.a. Herbie.
1: Herbie. Hmm. Um, and um, um, so Herbie is a, we'll call him former paramedic, although he still does have his, you know, his card and everything. And uh,
0: he left the ambulance to work on uh, the subway. So he is a boss down in MTA, currently in New York City, uh, which is quite a change, but not really. I mean, people still jump under the trains in both jobs. Mm -hmm. Full front. Um, Yep. So, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty exciting to talk to him and we hope that you're going to enjoy this episode, which we're sure you will. Definitely. If you do, we'd love if you subscribe. Mm -hmm. Like it.
1: Yep tell your friends, tell your grandma,
0: tell your aunt. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So check us out on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube,
0: Instagram, our new TikTok. Wow. Yeah. And now yeah. on TikTok, yeah. um, you can catch us on TikTok at official underscore rush the bus. And uh, we're just starting there. So we've got some maybe new content that you haven't seen. Um, But we'll be putting new stuff up there, too. So Mm -hmm. check it out. Mm
1: -hmm. We got our new, um, we'll call him our uh, computer. I don't know. We can call him a computer master.
0: Millennial. (laughs) No,
1: he's not even a millennial. He's not old enough to be a millennial.
0: No. We have our friend, John, who, uh, you know, we work with, is young and... In the know, in, in the, the know, know, as opposed to us. So he's helping us with our TikTok, and it's been pretty. All the fun. Other stuff, yeah, definitely, absolutely yeah. appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, lots of tech stuff. So we just mm-hmm. want to say thanks, John, and um, hope you guys like what you're seeing. Yep, and also remember always, the views and opinions
1: expressed here on Rush the Bus, our views alone, they do not affect or show. Yeah, do not affect our show, any of our current or former employees. They are our own views, and not of ours and our guests only. Yes, yeah. that's true. behind k k right. Good evening. Good evening. So we have Charles
2: Herbert. Hi. Harvey. Good <laughs> yeah. evening. How are you? Well, long time no see bro i know man so yeah, i think it's mm-hmm. so it was right before i left ems you know mm-hmm. he will be here in november yeah yeah
1: so all right when so did you leave EMS?
2: when did you leave ems uh, right after hurricane sandy uh, huh. my last day on the box was november 9th 2012 hmm. And my last last job I went on was for an old lady who fell down at Country Meadows in Bethlehem Township.
0: How funny that you, like, remember all that. That's pretty cool. Because
2: I remember, you know, I remember a lot of tedious things like that or little things like that. Um, Obviously, you know, I remember a lot of, you know, the job, certain jobs, obviously. Um, And then there's just stuff where you just forget about, like, wait, did I... Do I remember to put underwear on today? I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So mm-hmm. let's back up. So Herbie and I know each other from before we East even State. really met. Well, no, we, we knew of each other before Easton.
2: Yeah, so. because you were, you were at the medical center and I was at the U. Yeah. And, you know, Back then was the big, big rivalry between the two hospitals Yeah, on um, the two systems. You know, they really didn't like it the one day I went there and I was leaving the parking lot. And I said over the PA... So long, minor leaguers. That caused long Yeah. So that's I,
1: like the biggest rivalry was between, you know, those two guys. And Herbie was partners with my ex girlfriend. So I knew of Herbie way back then.
2: So yeah. when he was still a brand new medic. When you came to Easton, everyone was like, who the hell are you? Because Eastern Pennsylvania, EMS, especially in the Lehigh Valley, it's very mm-hmm. close knit. Everybody knows each other. Yeah. So we were like, yeah. who are you? And then, you know, when we started shooting the shit, when you started working, it was like, oh, you know, so and so? Yeah, you know, so and so? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so and so? You know, half? Of course, everybody knows half. Yeah. Yeah. And who, whose daughter is adorable, by the way.
1: I haven't met his daughter yet. So but I remember half and I, we worked in Essex Valley together. Yeesh.
2: What's
3: that?
1: What's that? No, me and him, we worked in uh, East Orange together for Essex Valley.
2: Uh, East Orange volunteer. What? But... Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, no. There. Oh, no, it was fun. Like, when I worked in Newark, the three years I was there th- was the best time of my career. Um, the yeah. jobs were crazy. The D team, or as we called ourselves, the Delta Force or the Delta Force, depending <laughs> on the night. We were all young. We were all in our 20s, with, with a couple of exceptions, yeah. you know, and we, we were balls to the wall. We went to the jobs, we were fast, we did everything. Yeah. And every, you know, every other Monday morning, 7 a.m., we'd be at Obel's to decompress. Um, it, we, you know, good old choir practice. I was on the 6-to-6 six six truck, so I would leave, stop and get the bagels. And then we'd go up to Obel's on, I think it was Broad Street in Bloomfield. And 7 o'clock is when they opened. And Robin would come with her little yip-yip dog named Lola. We'd all mm-hmm. be waiting outside like a bunch of Alkies waiting for an AA meeting. Yeah um we and she'd unlock the door let us in before she turned the lights on she'd have all of our drinks and all of our shots poured out ready for us so it was us the seven o'clock crew and then we had the eight o'clock bls crew coming when they got out and the rule was you know you could bitch about work you know we could talk about work until 9 a.m but like mm-hmm. the first hour. but yeah. after that you can't talk about work unless you're making fun of somebody else because if you do you have to buy everyone around. Oh, and- it, mm. it was great though because we all got to decompress. We got to relax. Yeah. We all left at noon and we all hung out with each other outside yeah. of work. So yeah. we'd have barbecues, wine tasting. We'd just go do everything together. Yeah. And it was really, really family oriented, even with the system status management bullshit that they're posting thing. Because, you know, system status management's like communism works great on paper, but it doesn't take mm-hmm. into account I mean,
1: It doesn't. It so U- doesn't ever take any of that. So, no. It,
2: yep. Mm-mm. but I have a lot thing of fun. Is, like,
1: you know what the funny thing is about you can't drink like that anymore,
2: you know? No, I can't. Like, I don't. I really don't even drink that much anymore just because yeah. I don't want to. I mean, I could still <laughs> chug gin because that's the only one I could ever chug, but that's pretty much yeah. where else I was going with it. I don't remember. It's all right. So- Newark, no, Newark, Newark was a lot of fun. It was just, you know, I met a lot of good people. It made me a better medic because before I started working there, I was kind of like, so I was just like a so so medic because before that I worked in New York and this, the New York City system back then, especially, it just wasn't for me. Cause, you know, I worked on staff. So we Island. have to
1: reverse. So you were originally <laughs> from, where are you from, okay.
2: originally? Uh, Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. So once I was expelled from my mother's womb, oh, we're not going to. No, um, I started in September of 1994 at the Bensonhurst Volunteer Ambulance Service. um, Moved to Pennsylvania in '95. I had a wait a year to turn 16. So, what was August-
1: Bensonhurst like in 1994? So that was still the mob times, right? In the, well, in the it, early it '90s,
2: still trans. It, it was in transition because the early '90s was still the, the the it was still a very strong Italian enclave. Okay, um, and, and then Russians, Chinese, and Indians started moving. it. so, so okay. the Italians left, went across the verrazano into Staten Island, and then into mm-hmm. Jersey. Yeah. Um, you know, my my family skipped all that. We went straight out to Pennsylvania, but now, but then it just became mostly Chinese. And it's kind of like there's like a demarcation line, like south yeah. of 86. Um, it's still, it's mostly Chinese, some Bangladeshi towards 18th Avenue, and like north and like north of like 80th, 84th Street. There's still a bunch of Italian enclaves, like so 18th you, Avenue. Much hold as on. Used so to we have be. to.
1: So Bensonhurst is. By Sunset Park, right? Um, and
2: then it's by Bay Ridge,
1: way. right? It's <coughs> Bay, Bay rid- Ridge, and then some Coney it's Island.
2: Between, right? It's between Bay Ridge and Coney Island. That's the best way to describe it. Okay, all right. So, basically, basically, you got the water on the south, Stowell yeah. Avenue on the east, 60th Street, McDonald Avenue on the north, and okay. like 7th, 14th Avenue to the west, because then from 14th to 7th would be Diker Heights, and then everything west of Seventh Avenue was Bay Ridge, which is where my parents grew up. Well, my mom grew okay. up in Bay Ridge, okay. and I used to do a lot of good drinking down at Kitties on then on Third Third Avenue and Marine. <laughs> it's a lot of crap. I wish I grew up in Brooklyn back then. It just it was it was fun because yeah, the city was a shithole back then. You know, kind of like the way it's sliding now without the graffiti on the trains. Mm. But Bensonhurst and Bay Ridge were safe because uh-huh. you know the there was mob influence we know okay. about it you know, talk openly about it yeah and it just you know it was a lot grittier than one thing new york is missing anymore besides the accents the grittiness like the grittiness of the 70s and 80s is something you just don't see anymore mm. you know look at the old movies that take place in new york back then like shaft um making mm. a 2, one two three the original saturday night fever yeah. the warriors Oh, yeah. you know, the, warriors, the warriors personify what the city was like yeah. back then and such yeah. an under soundtrack i actually yeah. went to the greenwich village halloween parade in 2008 dressed as a baseball fury with a Louisville slugger and all
1: <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so but yeah the lights there's too many lights now so everything's like you know the the, the big bright led lights and there's there's no dark spots and no, where to hide? So, no, where to hide?
3: No, rehearsing.
2: but yeah, yeah. So I started, I started on the ambulance up here at sixteen. Um, okay. I got my E.T. in May of ninety seven. Um, I originally went to Penn State for meteorology, but I only lasted one semester because, believe it or not, I used to be actually big, be a big introvert back then. Hmm. Uh, then I went to, then I went to paramedic class. I went to paramedic school up in Wilkes Barre, Luzerne County. Okay. And I got I got my medic in August of two thousand one. Who'd you ride with fir- when you were out in Missouri? Oh no, I, I stayed in Monroe County. I rode with um, General Bushkill and Donahue, okay. all rural Metro And then, of course, I got my medic in August of two thousand one. In the middle of it, and my first day precepting was 9-11. Mm. Needless to say, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn that day. Mm. And, and then and I was who were a you medic working for, for then. Medic Nine, the world-famous Medic Nine Paramedic Service of Bangor, Pennsylvania. And my first day there, I go to introduce myself to two of the guys there, uh, Bill Carver and Andy Galley. You know, hi, I'm Charles. No, what do you mean? We're not calling you Charles. (laughs) Okay, you're either gonna be Chaz, Chuck, or Herbie. You need to choose from those three, otherwise otherwise we're gonna choose for you. Okay, (laughs) well, Chuck makes me sound like a piece of me, Chaz yeah. makes me sound like a child molester. Um, <laughs> I was called Herb in junior high school, so we'll stick with Herbie. Mm. And, you know, those guys at Medic 9, they busted, they got me to grow out of my shell and I became the loudmouth that you knew mm. of back then when I was on the truck. And But then mm. I mellowed out in my stage before I left EMS. And now I now I play with subway trains.
1: That's pretty cool. <laughs> huh. so, what's the, so, Medic 9 was absorbed into suburban right and yeah. then then you guys started going like what kind of an area was that
2: oh it was great uh medic nine it's you know the slate the slate belt in pennsylvania it's south of Stroudsburg, north of the lehigh valley uh basically it's old people white trash and meth oh
3: my god mm-hmm. yeah. but
2: but it, it's a very it's actually a very nice place to live i love living here the only yeah. problem i have living is being stuck behind somebody doing twenty five and a forty, and if that's my problem with living somewhere, that's a pretty good place to live. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still close enough to the city because my office is in Union Square, okay. so eighty to the eighty to the Lincoln, get out Thirty First Street Seventh Avenue, poof, and it's seventy five miles door to door. I leave my office yeah. at I leave my office mm-hmm. at five after eleven. I'm home by twenty after twelve. That's not too bad.
0: Okay, that's, that's really bad. not bad at all.
2: No, so. But so you I, worked
0: for before,
1: yes. the train thing. I can't wait to get into the train thing because this is going to be.
2: I got to be careful about that because obviously, oh, I know you still work there. I'm uh-huh. this, so I, yeah. Nothing I say represents yeah. their opinions. They're all of my own. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Legal, God, legal. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right, Julianne.
1: I know you're taking notes. Where are you at? Yes.
2: <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked, I worked. I was a tri-state medic. I worked. I worked up here in Pennsylvania. This was always home base. I worked in New York City from 2002 to 2005. Um, I you worked work at in St- the city. Staten Island University Hospital full-time on 2-1 Willie. And okay. um, I, worked, I worked for DM at Lutheran on OX and O Willie um, with oh, the great wow. Tony. And you know, one of the people I worked with was the great Tony Thomas. God rest his soul. <laughs> Every time I worked with him, it was a blast. All
1: right. So let's break. So Staten Island is 2-1 okay. Willie. Willie. To Willie, and where did you sit in Staten Island?
2: So Staten Island's a uh, whole other place. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Like you were saying on one of the episodes, it is a whole different world out there. Now, I sat it's on like Highland Bucks Boulevard. County,
1: I, I consider it like yeah. I don't know, like it's kind of like you know, Easton kind of. It's,
2: it's different. That's the only uh, way to describe. It. Now I sat on Highland Boulevard, uh, not too far from the hospital, from Staten Island North, um, at the, behind the Staples there on Highland Boulevard near Jefferson Avenue. So not too far yeah. from New, not too far from like New Dorp Lane. Oh, oh, down okay. down. All right,
1: I don't know Staten Island stills me confused. So what? It's, yeah. I can't. It's what do tell me?
0: No, I I mean I listen Staten Island. I I didn't go to Staten Island until I was twenty. You know, like because is that because the bridge? I mean, when did they build the bridge? No, but shush, Peter. I, apparently, I had family there. So I, I probably went to Staten Island when I was like five years old or something, but um, were you weren't really touching that side of the family. What's that? Dirt roads? You don't drive on dirt roads? Is that what it is? Listen, in the seventies, there still were dirt roads in or, Tottenville.
2: I so, think there's still but, roads down yeah. there now. But they Staten
0: Island today seems like kind of cute. And like, I take my son to Midland Beach every summer. Like, I, I don't know. Staten Island's got great beaches and it's just like a whole different part of new york that happens to be the fifth
2: borough you know yeah so. the god rock
0: <laughs> it is I jersey's mean,
2: waiting room it's the way it is room. it's, it's like,
1: usually it's like your holding the pattern
2: room. yeah well it's like before you know the migration went from brooklyn to staten island to jersey and then there's me we break to pennsylvania yeah to go
1: <laughs> yeah but a lot of people are doing it now too because you know our taxes were just so high so the like, yeah
2: oh yeah so I don't. I could. I could never live in the city again. I mean, I'm too. I've been out of the city for 26 years now. You know, it's just I work there, and that's it. And I come home, and it's tough because my friends I have at transit. They're like, "Hey, come on, you know, come on down this day." I'm there five days a week. I really don't want to come down on my day mm-hmm. off. We're off with Mary, who turns 10 tomorrow. Yeah, oh, you know, okay. she's like, "Dad, go to the city." Uh, okay, Mary, let's go. <laughs> And of course it's she fun, likes, though. She likes, you know
1: what I mean. There's always something new to do down there and stuff.
2: There is definitely, so. uh, and it's fun showing her like the areas I grew up in and taking the places I used to go to. You know, the places off the beaten path. Yeah, and she, really loves nice Wo-Hop. she loves She loves Wo Hop.
0: I haven't taken my son there. I I gotta go down there, Um I wonder if he would be into it. Where's Wo Hop? is downtown. It's like a it's yep. a Chinese restaurant, like.
2: Mott Street, south of uh, south of Canal. It's like and the one that you to- walk
0: downstairs.
2: You like- no. have to go to the downstairs one, not the upstairs one. You go yeah. to the downstairs one, and it's cash only. Mm. But That's they got the fish. best mm. Yeah,
1: We got to get one of the Chinese guys to take us, Julian. we got to get like Ron to go with us. Maybe. Uh-huh. That's
2: what we I need. Mean- mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. for- no, what you need to do is you need to figure out how to get a patient to Beekman downtown. That's not hard. Then-
0: that's not hard. that we work in and there's a yeah, lot yeah. of people there who are Chinese and like that tends to be their hospital because you know the the staff there usually speaks yeah. Cantonese or Mandarin so I think it's a little easier than going to the local hospital that no yeah. one you know can translate well, or whatever
2: but well, what area like what's your 80 what's what's your 97 where are you we, we are like Bushwick uh yeah. East Williamsburg it is not yeah. East Williamsburg it is fucking Bushwick no. yeah exactly <laughs> fucking hipsters. i hate the hipsters yeah there was the one i was working i was on the l line on a saturday night <laughs> right around halloween i was operating on the l line and the hipsters were just being they were being their usual asshole selves <laughs> and i eighth avenue my supervisor looks at me he's like herbert what's wrong i said, telling you louie i hate these fucking hipsters you know i'm going to take a shoe paddle." I stick it out the window. And as I come down the platform, I'm gonna knock them all out like a bunch of dominoes. Mm-hmm. The dispatcher almost fell out of his seat and he just looks at me and goes, Herbert, you're fucked up. So, mm-hmm. what a shoe paddle is if you're on a subway train, if you're ever in the motorman's cab or in the conductor's cab, you'll see the yellow, it's a thin yellow uh piece of wood. It's okay. called a shoe paddle flipper or shoe paddle. Basically, what you use, you use it to get stuff away from the third rail this way, you don't get zapped.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so hmm. I <laughs> know. No. Like all sake. these like little things that your See, average person you would just, not know. Yeah, you
1: just don't know. So, yeah. but that train is actually the worst train ever. So What's that? that the L train, because it brings you to seventh and Bedford. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Every hipster's yeah. mecca is seventh and Bedford. Oh. The
0: L train used to be a rough uh line back a... when I was mm-hmm. a kid.
2: Oh, it was. It was bad back in the 80s and even the mid-90s. Uh, back when they had the R-40s and the R-42s. And it was it was a horrible line. It was falling apart, talking to some of the old-timers. They tell the stories, you know, some of the conductors would carry to protect themselves back in the day, but you could hmm. because we had cameras. So, yeah, used to get away with a lot of shit back then, but then when the hipster yeah. invasion started in Williamsburg, the L-line is weird because it goes from hood to hipster. If you're leaving Rockaway Parkway from Canarsie, you get to, mm-hmm. you get to, board, you know, it's all, it's hood until you get to, like, Broadway jump. and then it's like the, it's like the neutral zone or the demilitarization zone where it mm-hmm. starts to, um, where it starts to mix a little bit. And then once you get to Bedford Avenue and points north, then it becomes all That's hipster. Yeah. yeah. Until you get, to, you get to, until you get to First Avenue in Alphabet City, you know, it goes, it, it turns a little hood again there because it's Alphabet City. Yeah. And then by. Get to Eighth Avenue, which is like everywhere else.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Hmm. And oh, you yeah. can watch that as like being the motorman. You can watch the whole change. That would be cool well, if like you, could I'll like tell you like
2: what, time you know, moderns, that. When I was operating, there were so many good sites from that from there. I mean, taking the seven in the seven line in from from Flushing—that's a good site. Um, going across the, the flats on the Rockaways, especially oh, during yeah. the sun, they worked the midnights. Mm. You know I'd open up the windows in my cab, let the let the salt air in, hit a couple of seagulls on the tracks. It was always nice.
0: <laughs> I wonder, you know, I haven't been on that train in a long time. I went to high school in Rockaway. But okay. back then when you were on the train, you could see like these little bungalows like sort of in the water kind of like on stilts. I don't know if they're oh, still yeah. there.
2: Not uh, Howard Beach um by Broad Channel. Um, a lot yeah. of them got wiped out from, a lot of them got wiped out from Sandy. But yeah. um they were still there. It's you can see them as you get closer to the broad channel station. But it's also but they also put up the flood protection wall now because you know we got to protect uh-huh. everything for the storm for the storm that comes once every 80 years.
1: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Why don't you guys just go to overhead catenary lines? Like everybody uh, else. Wind.
2: wind. And, it's actually, oh, and really? it's actually it's actually a lot more to maintain them, also. A lot really? more. Oh, yeah. And plus, you know, the, you know what these you know what these skills are going to do. Also, they'll throw shit into the lines just to get them to catch fire and stuff. Mm. It's just, mm-hmm. you, know, but you know, you know, you know how wonderful some of the citizens can be. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, Julian, you know, what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Like what okay. what cities has that? Uh, Boston, New Jersey,
2: Boston Jersey. has York yeah, New, has the light rail, uh, the New York City subway, which is overhead. Uh, Boston has a couple of lines that are like that. Um, so New Jersey, you transit. can walk across
0: the track and not worry about getting shocked yeah. or anything.
2: Yeah, and- you no, know, New Jersey Transit. No, but if no. If you're down on the subway, it's the you know when you're looking at it, the third rail is the third rail. It's the one with the protection board above it. That's the electrified one.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And then laughs> so. on the tr- unless the power is off because the cops and the firemen will not go on the tracks unless they can unless we unless we tell them the power is off. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. one thing my dad always, you know, because my dad was a firefighter and he was like, you know, unless like, you know, that, you know, the firefighter like boss has said, like, it's off, you know, don't go down there because,
2: you know. Now What dri- what drives me nuts is when they show up on the job, especially if it's like, a well, for us, we call it a 12-9 when it's a man under on the train. The hmm. first thing they'll do, is they'll go pull the alarm box. The problem with pulling the alarm boxes down there is it takes up power for all the tracks. So if you're on the downtown local. And your incidents huh. on uptown local now you just screwed up all of those people because they show up and you know uh. show up and, with, without even talking to us because you know we know the system <laughs> they go and do their things um i had one time at you yeah. uh, at, at union square on the irt side um mm-hmm. they had the gap fillers because of the curve so when the train stops okay. the gap then um we had a lady uh, fall in between the gap fillers. The train was stopped. The gap fillers were extended. Yeah. She just missed up, and it was a frail little old lady. So it's yeah, not like yeah. she was. So I get there. Um, it was the only time the cops ever saw me run across the mezzanine at Union Square because they're about to put <laughs> their bags in between
1: it. Yeah,
2: well, no because well, upstairs oh. office is where uh, the transit bureau, District Four, is right down the hall from my office, and okay.
1: I've been lost in Union Square before. So. and
2: i made i made friends with them after the whole after the, after the rioting and everything yeah. um, they let me park in their mm-hmm. spot it's very nice mm-hmm. so i go barreling down past them and they you know fat guy running in a second <laughs> time there always something wrong they're like what's yeah. up someone's stuck in them, someone you know got someone stuck in the in the gap field so they barrel behind me yeah. i go down and you know i find a lady she's not hurt. basically she misstepped and her leg got between the gap got between the platform and the train yeah. no big deal I lifted her leg up and got her off and whatnot. Here come the firemen. I they start trying to tear stuff. I'm like, stop! Mm-hmm. Why? Um, she's out. She's gone. Mm-hmm. We, we just You can leave, actually. But oh, at Union Word, there's actually a key that we have. It's called the gap filler cutout. What it does is it cuts the power to the gap fillers. And the way mm-hmm. the procedure is supposed to work is you guys get there. Uh, secure them and, um, and strap them this way. They don't fall down to the platform, fall down to the third rail. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, so they don't fall down onto the tracks. And then once we know that you guys secure them, then we cut the power to the um, gap fillers this way you guys can push them in and lift them out. But otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, otherwise it's airbag and cribbing. And it's, you know, I haven't had one of those yet. And i kind of hope I never do because you know, how it is with certain crush injuries. Once, if you guys don't get there fast enough, mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. start rock your thing once they let yeah. go, yeah, you
1: know. Yeah.
2: But hmm. I, that's above
1: our pay grade. They send the uh, the, the rescue, rescue guys man. for that.
2: So, but you know, six, sixteen years on the on the ambulance, I never saw a decapitation. I've had four of them since I was at transit.
1: Wow.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I actually, I had two in one day. Um, there was the one <sighs> day I was three. What? I responded to three twelve nines. The first one and the last one was a de- decapitation. And the last one I went to was in Queens. And, you know, on the first transit supervisor. The cops and firemen are running around like mm. chickens with heads. off. We need to open the doors. need to like, just shut up, guys. I, I like shouldered one of them, climbed mm. down in between the cars. And I open up one of the side doors. EMS gets there. And I'm like, don't even bother, guys. Why? He's over there, over there, and over there.
1: Oh, man. And the motor mm. man do you have a was, car or do you have to take the train there?
2: Um I have a car I can use, oh, but it doesn't no, you didn't you didn't oh it'd oh, <laughs> be cool if they made you like jump on the subway and you got <laughs> no, I, it, it depends on where the incident is. Like if okay. it's mid- if it's somewhere in Manhattan, I usually take it because Union Square, I can hit anywhere in Manhattan in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um but I have a car at my office at Decal Avenue right by Juniors. Mm. And oh, that is if- okay Brooklyn. Hmm.
0: Wow, mm. that's crazy. That it's I mean, it's like we've had was jobs where Indian someone square. Has, what's that?
1: In where yeah, he well, is in Union square, square, but I meant
0: like where someone has fallen under the train and gotten pretty badly injured, but then <laughs> survived with like some pretty like you know gnarly oh. looking injuries, and then I've had they other average, ones where you know
2: average. When you break down the numbers, the average is three people a week get hit, and one of them's a fatal. Jeez. But it, it comes, yeah. But it comes in ebbs and flows, like. Hmm. Uh, holiday. The holidays are always bad. Yeah, January uh, wasn't too bad. We're starting to get an uptick in them again now around this time of year for whatever reason. Huh. So it 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 comes in ebbs and flows. It really does. Hmm.
0: And is it like with both people who fell or people who were pushed as well? You know.
2: Well, here's the thing about pushing: ninety five percent of them are suicides. They jump in front of the train, and which is it's sad because now the crew is traumatized, especially the vortiment. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if we go, oh, okay, let's go get a slice of pizza afterwards. Mm-hmm. But these guys, you know, they don't know how to deal with it. Some of them are okay. Yeah. And some of them are fucked up for life and they can't go yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, about five percent, you know, 95% of them are suicides. Four and a half percent of it are the drunks that fall. It's mm-hmm. actually very rare for someone to get pushed. Like, mm-hmm. like what happened to the, to the lady yeah. at time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That is a- very few and far between. I can count on one hand how many times mm. that happens here. But the nice, but the thing about my EMS career is it prepared me for it prepared me for transit. First off, the schedule was crazy at first. Mm. Dealing with the people, and then when I became a supervisor and now a manager, the incident response, you yeah. know, because you know, the supervisors down there are the paramedics of the system. They, you know, they mm. go, they get shit done, and they get shit moving again. And it's just that and the paperwork also prepared me for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it mm. helped. That's hmm. cool. Huh.
1: So you went, because when I met you, we were in Easton,
2: all right? Yeah. My second and go around it.
1: Your second go around. Yeah. How did you end up at University Hospital? All
2: right. Well, when I was working in Staten Island, I'm, there were two people that worked at Staten Island who worked there also. And plus, I read okay. the book and they, you know, they kept trying me to get over, come over there, and then, mm-hmm. you know, eventually I did, and I started, I started at the U in September of two thousand five. Okay. Hmm.
1: And what what was your original unit when you were there?
2: Well, when I was per, I started out per DM BLS, uh, because you know I had to basically prove my worth before they yeah. gave me a team. And okay. then um, when I got my team number, I mostly worked McFour. Okay. Um, I, Hold, let me um, go back to your BLS
1: thing. When they say you prove your worth, what was that exactly?
2: Basically, see if I can hack work in there.
1: How was it? What was your first day? You remember?
2: Yeah, it was. It was very. Um, it was very routine. They looked at me weird when I canceled the medics on a on a breather because they're like, "Wow, new Jack's making already making decisions." So, um, okay, I won't then because you know, back when I was there, it was still very old school. You know, come in, sit down, shut up. No one talks to you for the first few months. Yeah. But okay. I no, I loved it. I just kind of went with it. Okay. You know, but I loved it. You know, I made my mistakes there, just like everyone else does. So I was per in BLS for six months. Then I was per in ALS for six months when I got okay. my T number. And then when I got yeah. hired on full time, you know, that's when I was on mid four, on the midnights, twenty four oh four.
1: And what's a T number exactly in the state uh, of New okay. Jersey?
2: Yeah, it's, it's basically a pro- six-month probationary period for the state as a paramedic. And as long as you okay. make it through without any incidents or issues, then you become a full-fledged paramedic. And the nice thing about Jersey is I still have my number inactive.
1: Oh. So you're holding your number forever?
2: God nice. forbid. Not that I would ever go back on the truck, but yeah. it's have a fallback plan just in case. It's always good. You know? Yeah. I, I, I can't go back on the truck because... Um, I would probably lose my shit after the first bullshit patient because side story also, since you were Facebook stalking me, you probably already know this, but right before, but right after Hurricane Sandy, right before I went to transit, I lost my best friend. So that that was my, that was my career killer right there.
0: Okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Everybody has one you worked with? What's that? It was someone you worked with?
2: No, no, we were best friends since high school. The best way to describe it, he was the Spock to my Kirk yeah so there was there were a few there was so for a short for a time there whenever spock would die at the end of star trek 2 i'd start crying like a fucking baby
0: Hmm. Hmm. yeah Hmm. i get you yeah i feel like that's the hard thing with ems is like you know we're we're people too right like people who work ems are human beings and you know sometimes you're dealing with your own real stuff and then you go on some nonsense you know I mean, it's one thing when you're going on a real job, you're just dealing with the job. But when you go on some bullshit, especially if you're having a day, it yeah. feels even more bullshitical, if you will. You
2: know. For, you know, the famous New York City, the arrest on the outside, nine out of 10 times, it's an intox.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Our car- making it a 90-yard, our, our cardiac arrest got up and walked away. Yeah. 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 I actually did that one night in Easton, me and I were working together. Uh, we got called for an unconscious, like mm-hmm. right across the street from the state theater. Okay. But we got there at the same time as 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 the fire as Easton Fire did. So I'm looking at the chauffeur, he's looking at me, and we both have these evil grins. I think we were in 2080. Uh one of the ones that had the air horns. And so both of us, between Man. the firing and us, we laid on the air horn. The poor guy <laughs> woke up, jumped, looked at us, and just fucking took off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, Easton was fun. Yo, you used to be able to get away with some shenaniganry in Easton. And then, oh yeah, now, you know,
2: Easton was, a, Easton was a lot of fun to work because it was a little mm-hmm. bit hood, a little bit yeah. yuppie up on College Hill. And yeah. then when you go to James Township, you'd have the 25, 30 minute transport yeah. time. It was a little bit of everything. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was just. And oh, then you
1: know, Sundays, you got your motorcycle accidents. I always loved those. Every yeah. Sunday. Julian, I'm telling you, every, he'll tell you. Sunday on 6-11 in the afternoon, like, because you get to eat breakfast and lunch and then yeah. come in the afternoon. Well, I uh, was like nice. three, like three to five. You're going to get a good MBA. Oh, yeah. With a motorcycle. Were
0: there, were helmets required? No, or- no, yeah. no. <laughs> I know there's yeah. some places where it's not. and I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, I get it, but mm-hmm. you're not going to survive that.
2: Like, you know, I once had a hellacious one up in Stroudsburg and the guys were helmeted too. Um, going out Main Street, lower Main Street in Stroudsburg. They had a motorcycle in the left lane with a couple on it. And of course, you know, Jersey drivers made a left turn from a right lane from the right lane and took out this motor, took out these motorcycle. These two people in motorcycle. Um, we flew the one, the other one skidded. Landed under a car, and the only way we found her was because of the blood trail. Oh so my. I pulled pulled her out from from under the car. She looked, opened her eyes, looked up at me, took her last breath, and died right there. Because wow. as we started taking her, you'd see the brain matter start coming out of oh. the back of her head. Jeez. I'm the only medic. I'm the only medic there. We got two. You know, we got that one in a critical patient, and that one actually fucked me up for a little bit. Mm. It's amazing because with all the shit that I saw between work, because Strouds were. You see a lot of trauma and a lot of weird yeah. things up in County between there and Newark. I was no, no PTSD, never diagnosed with it. Even when I was mm-hmm. seeing my therapist or whatnot, nothing like yeah. not even, not even from the schoolyard shooting. Hmm. And that one had, I had nightmares after that one, but you know, once, you know, the ghosts come up once in a while and you just kind of just acknowledge that they're there. That's it. It yeah. doesn't like I'll have flashbacks, but I won't have like anything that like, cripples me or anything like that yeah. so i got i got lucky in that and i escaped with no PT with no, no diagnosed ptsd i don't know we were different back then you know what i mean it, I don't know. it was because we were all expected to suck it up which yeah. looking back now it wasn't the way to do it because how many people do we all know that you know that committed suicide from because they couldn't handle it
1: and that's the funny thing i was talking to this old timer from our station and he was telling <laughs> me how many people you know from the the early nineties and the late eighties, you know, oh, the committed war. suicide.
2: Oh yeah. They were, you know, they, and they had it bad back then. Cause you know, eight hours, they're doing 15, 16 jobs. And you know, here, here's mm-hmm. your cardiac arrest, go to the hospital, clean up. Now yeah. you have a shooting go back and yeah. since 80, here, here's a dead crack baby. Go yeah. back. Oh, here's the EDP. Here's the intox. And it's just, you're doing that all yeah. night. And so those guys, you know, I would have loved to have been back there in the mm-hmm. green pants. Space. I'm
1: working on a guy, Mark Peck. He's from oh, the, the uh,
2: he is a legend. Yeah. He's, I'm working you know, on him. Four, three Victor. Yeah. Nah, he so, is, I'm working on the, him. Cause you know, Mark never got burnt. He was nice mm-hmm. to everybody.
1: Yeah.
2: You Ooh. know, Mark was definitely one of the old school, you know, he was the mother of Coney Island and yeah, but he is definitely, you know, he's definitely a New York City EMS legend. So yeah. you get him on, you, try, you know, definitely keep trying to get here. I think he's, yeah. he's down south. Oh, know? he retired. He's that, down he, five,
1: five. he said he finally, re- I just talked to him like, um, she was in refresher. So it was like, uh-huh. uh, we can have two weeks ago and he finally retired, retired. Good so, for him. He's doing stuff with like the EMS museum now. So yeah, that is his new claim to fame. Well, he always so. had a whole
2: bunch of stuff that he donated there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to his website about the history of Coney Island EMS. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great, that, that's a yeah. great read. Yeah.
1: I, I went through all that stuff like when I was getting hired by the by my uh-huh. current employer I went through like all that stuff
2: to, to figure uh-huh.
0: out
2: I actually went through the process back in 2005 when I went okay. for the physical agility test I had like a 102 fever I was coughing up green shit and I had to go do the Stairmaster, uh-huh. you know, or the 40 pound vest for three minutes and two seconds. So mm-hmm. I sang the lumberjack song from Monty Python out loud the whole time while I was on the Stairmaster, just singing it over and over yeah. and over just to keep my mind focused. The people are looking at me, there are kids half my size dropping out. Mm-hmm. So I went through the physical agility test, went to the physical, got everything, mm-hmm. got to the last captain quack or whatever. And he's like, lose 10 pounds in 30 days. or We're not going to accept you. I said, and I said, "Are you serious? You have four hundred pound lieutenants walking around, and you're not going to take me in the academy? I don't need this. Goodbye." Mm. So that's why that's how I not got into yeah mm. got how not got into the city down wow. there. Mm.
1: I'll tell you, you know what the worst part of that whole physical was was that arm bike. Remember the arm bike?
2: Yeah, <laughs> And then, like by the end, like
1: you spread your hips per-
2: apart. Bike? I, I mean, know. I feel like I was like, like this,
0: this at the
1: end. end?
2: I mean the stair ma- the stairmaster makes sense because you know mm-hmm. the six story walkups. Yeah, um, the leg thing makes sense. Um, actually, you know the
0: yeah that pull up thing part,
2: that yeah. makes sense stretcher. But yeah. the other thing, why I don't know, I,
0: I don't know I what know. this is supposed to be. Is it supposed to mimic that- like CPR or something? I don't. I don't know. So, I don't yeah. know. Sometimes I mean, they make you
1: do like CPR and stuff. Now I
0: know, so, but that um... is like in other physical agility tests for other EMS jobs I've worked. They've had me do like compressions on a mannequin, mm. like, or like actually go upstairs and with bags. Like it makes more sense, mm-hmm. like for what the actual job entails. Yeah. I never got this thing. I mean, it's bizarro you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's <I don't> know.
2: <laughs> but the system back then, it just wasn't for me because I was also when you know, the CFRs were pretty much useless because none of them wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I don't ha- I don't know how the relationship is now, but back then, it, you know, nine out of 10 mm-hmm. times, it was horrible. Yeah. But, they're getting but better. People,
1: you know what, like, we
2: have... Years ago, so things, I'm yeah. assuming things changed
1: by then? It's getting better. You know, it, it really depends where you go. Um, the Manhattan guys are pretty cool, definitely. You know, they, they do a lot of EMS. You know, like, we have our special friends in our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some of them, them
0: were EMS, you know, yeah. the worst thing is when
1: you know that they were EMS and then and they, they just give you like, yeah. you know, the chin. So I like <laughs> to call it the chin.
2: So yeah. That,
1: that hurts my feelings. Oh,
2: uh, so, no. But, so, but working in you know, Easton, working alongside them with the fire and police, you know, it's yeah. a totally different world. It was, it, it was great because they all knew their shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody would always jump in and help, you know, the yeah. nice thing about Easton, because it's such a small little city. Everyone knows each other and everyone works together hand in hand. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really. Nice.
1: I definitely miss that.
2: So that yeah. was nice. So,
1: but when I, you got in I, trouble, like you could get in trouble really quick in Easton too. Really? So. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble before I've gotten to the hospital.
2: Yeah. Why?
1: Uh, I remember.
2: Huh. That's your limitations expired. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was
1: a cardiac arrest. Like I barked at somebody at a cardiac arrest. So
2: uh, it yeah.
1: was like a witness arrest and it was like a PE job. And yeah, it was just mad annoying. Like my partner was just annoying me and shit. I was oh, just working so too much.
0: You yelled at your partner? Yeah. Oh, that sounds <laughs> unfamiliar. <laughs> I was he yelled at you, Julie. I have there's times that when I first started working with him and I was married I would go home and tell my ex-husband like I don't think my partner likes me like when I was newly with Peter now I'll just stop what I'm doing I'm like why are you yelling at me or don't yell at me and or I'll wait until after the job and then I'm like like looking out the window all pissed and i be like what is it, Julian and I'm like oh I don't know you know you're just yelling at me on a job he gets very abrasive
2: uh, just, just give right. smack him upside, upside <laughs> head. I'm
0: not gonna brace it. What are you talking about? I never gonna brace it I, I guarantee you can yeah, ask yeah. like ten EMTs at my station, and they would all agree. Mm. I mean, Peter knows a uh, setup, but
2: uh oh, no. we, we we trained them. We trained him well.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. He's yeah. just
0: uh, he's not as friendly as I am.
2: All, all right, right. We, it's uh, the, yeah, it's it's the way we <laughs> Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. more flies with honey Mm -hmm. peter
1: (laughs) not all the time so yeah sometimes Mm -hmm. so how Uh, was newark so newark back in 2005 it was wasn't much different than now
2: no actually well actually it's not that bad well newark now is safer than new york city but back then oh yeah newark's much safer than new york right now
3: yeah i think so
2: Newark, Newark's going in the right direction, but back then, you know, we'd have the shootings every night and everything. Um, Two thousand seven, I was a shit magnet, like black uh, cloud. I remember one of those guys. Oh, and plus, since I didn't, I, since you know, since before Z and I became partners, I had Pradeem Dujour, and I was a black. So I was a shit magnet. I never knew who I was working working with. Uh, but then you know, mm. once when Z and I started working together, it's like the mag, the cloud went away. And she was like the yin to my yang. It worked out. It was mm. perfect partnership that no one would expect.
3: Hmm. That's
2: it was it was a lot of fun because we were all we were all young and dumb. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we we worked hard, we partied hard, we were, and we were a family in both yeah. at and out of work. You know, we'd have our fights, but then we'd be like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, you said, Hey, we're going out drinking at first. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That, and that's what it should be. Yeah. You know, we took care of ourselves and we took care of each other and we got the job done. But because it was Newark, I started to get really burnt, really bad. And it was like it was time for a change. So I came back up to Stroudsburg, you know, and Stroudsburg just sucked the life out of me more. So that's when I went down Mm -hmm. to Easton, you know, and Easton was fine until I had those issues um, with our glorious leader at the time who, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So, both times I worked at Easton full time, I left on bad terms, hmm. yeah, yeah, because I, I know worked. you
1: were, yeah, because when I met you, you were, yeah, I think you were still with Don and you were on night shift. Yeah, well, Don and I were partners the whole time. I was, yeah, there, and and night then, shift. I don't remember where else you were working
2: at the time. I was, but, I was working at Claire's in Jersey, okay, yeah, time, yeah. but then when I got married on um, that October, you know, I had to put my Soon to be X on my benefits, and it was going to cost way too much to do it. So, um, yeah. you no, know, that's when Hoff started running the town. Ta- you know, Hoff got hired to run the township, and yeah. he offered me up with the benefits. Yeah. So, you no, know, and I gave our glorious leader a month's notice. Yeah. So, of course, I took it personally. And it was a good thing I actually busted my ankle when I did and was after those two weeks because I'm sure he would have fired me for no reason. Wow. That's the thing. That's
1: that was the main reason I left there, too. So it was to share the benefits. So
2: yeah, yeah. but you know Where he this... always took he took it personally. And, mm. you know, yeah, it was.
0: I if they're it, better now, or is it just not running anymore?
2: Oh, it's well, still there. Just, it's it's, it's hmm. the little company that could. That's the best way to describe it.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Some Managed mm-hmm. to stay alive because they're doing like three, four, five thousand jobs a year, and. Mm-hmm there's, you know, they're not, you know, they get very little support from the city because it's a third, you know, it's third, it's a third service volunteer, but they still manage to do it. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. And plus they're doing now on top of everything, they're doing um, transports too.
2: I don't know if they're doing as many as they used to.
1: Not as many as they used to, but you know, they were doing a lot.
0: That's such a, I don't know. I I, I get it. I,
1: I know you have to go
0: ahead. No, no, I'm like, I get it as a, like a supervisor or, you know, like someone who obviously has invested money in the company, like IFT is the way to go. Like, you know, you're going to get paid, but like that kills your people. You know what I mean? Like that is just working them into
2: the ground. Yeah. When I I first, you know, when I quit college, I worked for a transport company. Um, It was network ambulance, you know, out of Easton back in the day, they were called life support ambulance. And back before that, they were called Valley Ambulance. I mean, yeah, you know, everyone bashes, you know, bashes Mm -hmm. them, you know, whatnot. And we were dealing with Gracedale, the county home. But the nice, the good thing about it was, it was also while I was going through medic class. So I got to see the pathophys and all that other stuff as I was going through the class. I mean, hell, when I learned, when we learned about Cushing's triad that Mm -hmm. weekend, I had the, I actually had a fall victim with a massive head bleed who was displaying the triad. I was like oh shit, they have a head bleed. Mm -hmm. We need to go yesterday. Yeah. And that's the funny
1: thing. Like I'm helping teach an EMT class and I'm like, you're not going to see that in a fresh fall victim. Like you're going to get called for that fall that was like, oh, over the weekend. And then
2: you look at them, you're like, hmm, hmm, ah. You know? Yeah. Depending on where you work for a transport company, like if they're still handling emergencies, like where I did, it was it was a great learning experience because if anything, you also honed your physical exam skills and learning the difference between rails and ronkai yeah.
1: especially mm-hmm.
2: the donkey lung sounds. Yeah, you know the yeah. difference.
1: Yeah, I don't, and nobody really worries about that anymore, you know.
2: And and that's horrible. I and mean, you know, you were talking about it last week with the guy from Chicago. Um, no one uses, um, no one not using automatic cuffs. Um, that yeah. was my also because yeah. you remember when I. And I always did manual. I always did manual mm-hmm. pressures. It's like nobody touches patients anymore. How are you supposed to help? You actually got to touch them to learn. You got to listen. You got to think, you know, hey, I always <laughs> think
0: it's funny because even at the hospital and I get it that they're like in triage, they need to do things quickly, but in every New York city triage in the ER they just use the automatic cuffs, and sometimes you'll have a patient where they'll like have to run the cuff like five times, and they go and get a new cuff because it's like not reading. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like, sometimes oh. I've even asked, "You want me to go grab my cuff?" Because I'm like, you could have done this in 30 yeah. seconds, and you would have known yeah. if the patient had like an irregular heart rhythm, or you know, mm-hmm. like you would have known a lot more than you know now.
2: You know, within you know, if you're if you're good, you know, when you first off when you walk into the room, you you know, if they're sick, you're gonna know. But also, and it's one of the things I taught Pete when he was a rookie, you know, when you go to shake someone's hand, grab their wrist, check their pulse right away, because within those those first 15, 30 seconds, you're going to know, you're going to know whether or not they're sick or not sick, whether they have an irregular heartbeat, how they're perfusing and how they're, you know, and how sick they really are, whether or not they need oxygen. And you just kind of go from there. But People are afraid to do that anymore. The one thing I hear everybody tell me who's still on the job, you know, is that I got out at the right time, and it's just that the quality of providers anymore, it's not as good as it used to be. And mm-hmm. I could say that about some of your brethren in the city that I've run into while working down there. You know, perfect example. I have a diff breather on the platform at Union Square. Okay, yeah, he's he's got alcohol on his breath, but um, he's he's got accessory muscle use and he's got a COPD history. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing they do? Put him on the fucking pulse ox. Not even listen to the lung sounds. Seriously,
0: I know it's the bit- pulse socks thing. I hate
2: the
1: pull socks. Yeah, I hate. I don't. Yeah, i fucking I, hate it. I hate the pull socks. I don't even put the pulse socks on people, you know. Neither and you know, I learned that from. Remember Dini and stuff. And she yeah. told. I was like, you know, I was like why don't BLS have pulse socks? And she's like, I'm going to tell you why. She's like, because you guys would be calling medics for everything because you wouldn't know what the numbers meant and what the actual quality is, you know, she's like, BOS does not belong to having it. And I really don't, you know, so I don't even need it.
2: Yeah. When I became any, when I first became an EMT, I had a, you know, when I was still at the Bush school, I had a diff breather up at Fernwood really bad asthmatic and my medics were coming out of Tannersville. Medics made the job because, you know, I was young and dumb. And I had a pulse ox on the person. I didn't even have any oxygen. The first thing I do was put the pulse ox on. Didn't even listen to lung sounds. The medic walks in the room, looks at me, and she goes like, go wait in the truck.
0: Oh, man. Okay.
2: I knew. I knew right away. <laughs> and this is the who actually saved my mother's life um, a couple wow. of months that. So we get to the hospital, and she goes up one side of me, down the other. And I tell the story to every, I told the story to every rookie that I know. And even now, because I still run into a lot of people. I'm still friends with a lot of people I work yeah. with. I tell that story, you know, to prove, you know, listen to your patients. If, if you have a diff breather, the first thing you should always do is listen to lung sounds. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Roll on the pulse ox. And I would get gigged on QA all the time for the pulse ox once you put the pulse ox on. I don't need them to tell me whether or not whether or not they need oxygen. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, when they're a carbon monoxide and their pulse ox is a hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That a couple of times and it's just, you no, know, they need oxygen.
1: Yeah. Yeah
2: that's because the carbon that doesn't measure how much oxygen is in there. It just measures that the blood is filled. It doesn't say what it's compromised with. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. what's draining it. time I'll tell I'm, you guy with the pulse. No,
0: I was just going to say, there's been a guide. few times where BLS has waited for us to get on scene for a diff breather. And I get there and it took us 10 minutes or whatever to get there. And they're, they're literally calling for a diff breather. And I'm like, what were the lung sounds? And they're like, Oh, <laughs> Or, or they're like, Oh, they were kind of clear. And I listen. it's like, no, this guy has pneumonia, obviously, you know, like, obviously, if you would have listened, you would have heard that, you know, and, and that is like a little scary because it's like, how do you call for medics when you haven't actually assessed the patient yourself, you know?
2: So I miss, I miss teaching the teaching aspect of that, but I still got to do it at transit because I was one of the instructors. The things I miss from the job, I miss the people I worked with, including this yo-yo here. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss taking care of sick people. And I miss intubating people. I loved intubating people. And I was, you know, not to toot my own horn, I was damn good yeah. at it, too. I, I
1: was
2: mean, just the, talking the,
1: to this guy in um, in <laughs> England, and they're talking about taking it away from them. So oh, apparently, London Ambulance Service, they took it away
2: completely. Wow. Well, look at yeah. how... S- 2007 that year i was full-time the, my first full-time year in newark i had 24 intubations down there for the whole year and most of them were not cardiac arrests
1: mm-hmm. it's a lot of asthma it's oh
2: a lot yeah of asthma tubes. And, you know, yeah. you mix the asthma with the with the heroin and you get the mm-hmm. end titles of after you intubate them yeah but the problem you know the problem with intubation now it's because there's, there's the dilution of medics so yeah. the skills that's a big problem up here in Pennsylvania. Um, I remember. I don't even think YouTube and
1: for your national registry, I don't think that that's a skill that they do anymore. Everything's uh, it's all verbal. Yeah.
0: I forget. Mm-hmm. Well, also AHA is saying something now. Like
2: yeah, you're not uh, intubating. You're getting
0: good chest rise with just bagging. Yeah, and you can continue with that or whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: They, went, they went away with that with, even when I was an ACLS instructor in 2010. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, because you know, you have the dilution of the ALS units. I mean, I mean, look at the city, you can throw a rocket, hit three ALS, three ALS units, and it's like that up here, also. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, how often are you guys actually on legit sick people? Well, before COVID, because you know, everything got dispatched as a diff breather. Oh, I stole mm-hmm. my toe. You have pro breathing? Yes, diff <laughs> breather. <laughs> yeah. Are you
1: I, Listen, I think that they ask you way too many questions when you call oh, 911. Yeah.
3: Oh, it oh, should yeah. be one problem. That's probably
1: right, oh. you know, so, yeah. you know, but I'll go on the, the Pennsylvania model is I don't think you need a medic on
2: every ambulance either. Oh no, it's back so. when I first did, there were only three medic units in all of Monroe County and the EMTs had to be on top of their game mm-hmm. because you're it and you're not getting help. But yeah. you know, like the perfect example, okay, you have X coverage area, you know, let's say, you know, that area provides a hundred intubations a year. If you only have one medic unit, each tour is only get, is getting 25 tubes. So now you add a second tour, a second medic unit, and you're having that and you do it over and over yeah. and over again. Eventually it's going to be, yeah. there's going to be nothing because yeah. intub- you know, intubation is a lost art and mm-hmm. it's still the, you know, it would still be the golden standard in my eyes. I mean, yeah, it's great to have bells and whistles because um, when I worked at Atlantic, we had the glide scope and I only ever had to use that once because I had to intubate a guy who was bigger than me. And the only reason I had to use the glidescope was because he gagged. Um, yeah. So I get reversed that and I, I was still able to pass it. But you still, you know, it goes back to what we we're saying you still got to touch your patient. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to listen to them, take the manual blood pressure cuffs, you yeah. know, get touch really with them.
1: Yeah, like we're the last service, I think, the big services. I'm going to go out of the way saying this that um, yeah. we don't use video or endoscopes. So the rescue yeah. medics can. Um, mm-hmm. If they need to, if it's a difficult difficult airway, they can use it like standing orders. But, yeah, um, you know. I think. I mean, in, listen, it's it's expensive.
0: Years, within five years is like what we're supposed to. No. Yeah, it's but
2: it's expensive. It, it, well, yeah. it's tough. It's so. tough because you guys are the big. You know, it's the biggest system in the mm-hmm. nation. So yeah, it is expensive. And plus, it doesn't help that you guys are still treated like the redheaded stepchildren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't I happen. Think but, not uh, to say because I'm <laughs> not on the job. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see
1: you know listen it's it's you know i didn't fully drink the Aid, but you know it's better than a lot of places that i've worked
2: you know yeah. um it, well, it's you, not you have a pension and you have benefits and you have advancement mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i can't complain so mm-hmm. compared to a lot of places you know and the amount of work that i do compared to you know
2: what and we've both worked at some sketchy places so
1: hmm Yeah.
2: So
0: I think that's that's almost the key, though, when you work EMS in other places Mm -hmm. and like maybe rural EMS or like you kind of get a an appreciation for like where we currently are, because um, if this is your only EMS job, you know, it might feel like, oh, man, like, you know, you get all upset that I don't know, you, you couldn't use the bathroom break to Eat your lunch for 19 and a half minutes or something i don't know but like mm-hmm. the reality is it could be much worse and it often is for people who work ems elsewhere where you know they're getting paid like ten dollars an hour and they're doing like you know calls all day driving two hours to jobs you know and and if you sneeze wrong you're fired you know
2: yeah oh yeah um, i was like i was looking in the sense i had i had um when it came to the types of jobs we go on you know i had everything from the inner city to hey you're 45 minutes away from the hospital you're um you're the only person who has a clue your patient's crashing um good luck keeping them alive okay yeah. chat, that accepted
3: mm-hmm. but
2: you know the other issue is a lot of people would knock on the city um oh they're just so close to the hospital um uh, you still have to think about the vertical extrication
0: yep. if you're on the
2: 30th, 20th twentieth 30th, thirtieth fortieth floor it's still gonna take you five ten minutes to get down the stairs and especially if you're in one of those tight elevators you know, you got to mm-hmm. you know, you got to stand up the unconscious in the scoop stretcher.
0: Yeah, so, yeah,
1: and that's the thing is a lot of people. Don't, it, there's there's two different things, you know. So I mean, even the FEMA people told us that. You know, like yeah. there's tons of stuff that they never anticipated or thought about before they came. You know, to hang out with us. So I'll tell
2: you what. Mm. When when you guys were in the thick of the of the COVID two years ago, my heart was my heart was aching for all you guys because here I am just trying to run a subway system. You know, we had a point where on the rush hours, we we're only only running one train every 40 minutes and I'd be the only person on the train on a four o'clock in the afternoon. But I would come upstairs to Union Square just to get some fresh air and it was deserted and all just the nonstop sirens. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was so mm-hmm. surreal because I never thought I would see New York City like that. That and was I, crazy, I, I, bro. <laughs> I would walk around everywhere because I'd walk up and down Broadway. Here yeah. I am standing middle of Times Square at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was
3: like, there's like no
2: one out. A, it, it, there's only like six other people here. I <laughs> yep. never thought I would see that in my life. Um when, yep. when they did the ball drop from 2020 to 2021, um, hmm. you know, privilege, you know, transit privilege. I just put my vest on and I went right under right under one time square, had the camera up to watch the ball drop. And it's just it's just all of us people, all the all MOS. No, oh, I'm Mayor enough. De Blasio. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to Times Square as a civilian a bunch of times in the late '90s and early 2000s. how did you do that? Oh my god, mm. it was fun. It is actually it is one huge party. It was fun. Oh my god. Mm. Oh,
1: wait, is that oh. when they penned you in there at like three o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah.
2: Oh wow. You learned, and I was also in my 20s, so I knew I, I could hold everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Didn't need a bathroom mm. break necessarily.
2: Yeah, and the mm. cops were. You know, it was, it was just, a, it was a good, fun time. And no one gets arrested down there because everyone's there for the same reason. It's just a yeah. chill roll on, you know, the cops don't want to deal with this shit. You know, they might smack you around a little bit, but no one's, no one's getting cuffed unless you really, really, really yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But COVID, bro, that shit was like, you know, we
0: stopped in we'll the middle we'll of times Square. we'll yeah. never yeah. see that. Yeah. Where it yeah. was, it was COVID, like a ghost COVID, town. COVID. It was. Sorry, yeah. No, it, it, there was one day where Pete and I were driving, I mean, cause we were also going to like all different types of hospitals. Like they would call us from one area of Brooklyn to go pick up a patient in Queens. Cause everybody was so mixed up and um, we were driving back on the belt parkway and, you know, like normally the belt is bumper to bumper traffic. It's like not moving at all. And like, it was, you know, it was like midnight. So, I mean, normally it's a little less traffic, but it was dead where like, we literally stopped our ambulance on the middle of the highway and I didn't, but like, we kind of mentioned, like we could get out and like do cartwheels out here because oh, yeah. no one was coming. Like there was not another car for miles and miles. Oh, like, thank God we didn't do that. No, I was doing I'm just thinking eight. about
1: that. You know how much trouble we would be in? Why? If What? what, what mean? Yo, we stopped in the middle of the Belt parkway to do cartwheels in uniform while at work. I don't know if that would have been in in trouble. It was like in the Oh no. I
2: don't think we would have been in (laughs) trouble. We would have gotten in a lot of trouble. The only good thing about COVID was that there was no traffic. When here I am, 2 o'clock afternoon doing 70 in the Holland Tunnel. Yeah. (sighs) If
1: if we could have anything back, I think the, the two disasters that were great was Hurricane Sandy, and it's only because I didn't have power for nine days, and the food that was cooked at the firehouse down the street was amazing.
2: Yes. And then the traffic from COVID. Yeah. yeah Sandy was for me, cause you know, Sandy happened on the Monday night and then Wednesday nights when I got the phone call that my best friend died, mm. you know, we had no power up here in the slate belt, no cell service yeah. that night. My generator kicked. Um, but like two o'clock in the morning, I, my wife's phone rang which was weird. And I woke up because I just had a pitting feeling Yeah, and she like screamed at the top of her lungs. Like what? And you know, she came, I came outside and she just had this look and you know, normally, I'm the one who was able to keep cool, calm and collective everything. Cause you've seen me on hot jobs, Pete. I don't, you know, I never, I, it was, everything was cool. And I just like lost, I just lost my shit. I made it from banger, you know, cause you know where banger is Pete. I yeah. made it from banger. I made it from banger, cedar, cedar crest in under a half hour.
1: And it's all yeah. back roads and twistiness, and Until yeah. I got
2: to third, and it was just like you know, I actually did let out that primal blood-curling scream in the middle of the ICU
0: when yeah. I got
2: there. Mm-hmm. It was... yeah. mm-hmm. so Sandy, Sandy's a rough time of year for me, Halloween, because yeah. it was Halloween night that he died. Yeah. yeah, Jesus, yeah, and he was a corrections officer, so he knew like he knew what like the show I go, like whenever I'd have a bad job. He was the first person I'd call and you yeah. know talk about it with so like I said he was the spot to my Kirk. that's the yeah. best way to our relationship mm. Mm. we
1: should have something good to remember him that way so what's that we should have some way good to remember him that way oh yeah so you can't mm. replace him
2: mm-hmm. so uh, it, it sucks because now I, I can't I can't tell not only is he not watching his kid and mine get grow up but the transit stories, I know he would get a kick out of them. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah.
1: So, all right. So, let's go to transit. So, then
2: yeah. you got tired of the ambulance.
1: When I met you, uh, you were in Easton, you were taking the transit test.
2: I took the transit you were, test. Yeah. You were
1: studying to be this motorman or whatever.
2: Well, and I was then, I to, by the time you got to Easton, it was just waiting on the list because, you okay. know, it was always, always about the trains. That's why Don and I got along so great because yeah. we worked for each other. You know, I, I wanted to work for the freight, but you know, that didn't pan out. So, okay. Ask away. Mm -hmm. All right. So you took the train. So you took the transit and you left.
1: Okay. And what's the, uh, how was it? What was your first, like when you finally left the ambulance, what did you, what did you think?
2: It was, I felt calm. I think that's the best way to describe it. It just felt, it was surreal. Was, you know, um, going from EMS to civilian. First off, it was the first time I've only ever. It was the first time since I was 18 years old that I only ever had one paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here I am going back to five days a week, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm not carrying anyone. I'm not seeing all the all the horrors and everything. Eating like a normal human being, for the most. Why are you on the table, Madison? My- like. <laughs> my cat just hopped on the table
3: oh why
2: why of course she's hungry she's a she's a hefty chunk
3: okay.
2: she might also be a little stoned be stone because there's catnip on her scratching pad uh, i know julianne uh, no, it, i've
1: been watching julianne's cat and he's been circling me. so
0: well he's probably hungry too uh, i mean it was definitely already.
2: i definitely felt at peace i know oh. i made the right decision um I, the, my week that weekend I actually took all of my certifications out of my wallet that felt weird also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know it was like I was starting to sleep better it, there was a, there was a physical change I was mm-hmm. a lot more relaxed not as high strung it was hi can I help you we're about <laughs> to get <laughs> okay. <No, laughs> leave, mm-hmm. leave that in post that's fine that's
1: all
3: right yeah I'm
2: not gonna take that out but like I said before, a lot of the stuff I learned, I did in EMS helped me prepare for transit because the first two years you're bounced around all over the place. So the unpredictable schedule helped dealing with the passengers, dealing with people that part helped, or if, you know, an incident response, like if something happened on my train, yeah. you know, I pull calm collective on the radio as a supervisor, when I respond to incidents, same way. And even now as a manager, the running joke up there at the rail control center is, that if when I'm on the scene of an incident, they know it's me because I use my paramedic authoritative voice. <laughs> like, this is what I have. This is yeah. what I'm doing. This is what I need. Make it happen. I will get back to you. All mm-hmm.
1: right. So you get hired. And what How do? You, what does the academy look like for it to be a... Okay.
2: Uh, well, basically, you know, you're bounced all over all the different yards and everything. The main okay. school, that PS248, which is that school on West 13th Street by 86th Street that has the train in the um the train in the parking lot but you bounce all over i where's was that I was,
0: like uh, where's that
2: in the bronx um, six, no brooklyn 86th street oh, you know I... L- you know where Ellen B. Spamoni garden is right over there huh oh yeah in coney island over there it's it's gravesend technically okay hmm. um, so that was it was six months of training and you know the, it's the, it's split up into the B division and the IRT. The IRT are the number are the letter train. I'm sorry, no. IRT is the number trains and the B division is the BMT, the IND. It's the number. It's the letter trains. Wait, IRT number B. You would think I would know this, being that I'm a boss. That's all right.
0: <laughs> I'm like writing it down because I never it.
2: we can never remember this jobs so. on, when you get the jobs on the CAD. You know, it's still you know BMT IND IRT. Like where you guys are, that's all BMT. Um the J, the L. The G, huh. well actually the G is the I and D. Um and you also and the IRT are uh, the, the number trains and they'll give you the token booth or whatnot. Um, do you guys still have the ready medic books? Do they still sell those? Uh, the person do? who did we it haven't. just
0: retired. So I think we're kind of done now with those.
2: Uh, because yeah. that had the, that had all the token booth numbers in the back of them. Oh man. So yeah. smart. Aren't they getting rid of those? Well no, because you still need eyes down there.
1: Uh, yeah, because I thought that they were going to get rid of those. They were talking about getting rid of them.
2: They always tried doing it, but then the union would step up and they're okay. still needed. You know, lost forests. Yeah. It's also good to have the extra eyes, especially now with how crazy it's getting down there. Mm-hmm. Like whatever gets out in the media, multiply that by like five. And that's how it really is. Because there's a lot of shit down there that's not getting reported. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we like I feel like we, you know, especially when they were closing the, the trains at night, like we'd see a lot of shit like we you know consistently got called to like it was like covid and nobody was actually riding the trains but it was like yeah. the homeless shelters you know
2: yeah. well, it basically it was it was a, it was you know it turned to a homeless shelter and then that's how the motorman up in upper manhattan died because one of these skulls lit the shopping cart on fire smoked everything uh, out and he was yeah. you know he was evacuating the passengers and that's how he died. He died a smoke inhalation yeah. down there on the tracks. Mm. They didn't find him until all the smoke dissipated. It was one of my supervisor friends who found him. And, you know, he died a hero because mm. he was, he died trying to get everybody out of there. Yeah.
1: Didn't they just have a train fire the other day? Which time? Uh, it was one just the other day. I thought I was looking at it.
2: Which time? There's so many of them because they're lining shit on fire on the trains. Really? has the vandalism. Well, that's, mm. yeah. You know, they put, wow. they, they put this flammable stuff in the shopping carts and, you know, they light it up. I mean, the EDPs down there are really unhinged, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, back back in the day, you know, you get someone coming up for a dollar. OK, no big deal. But now they're just they're just totally yeah, We were
1: in, where were we, the, we were in Penn Station the other day and they the had and- mats out selling stuff.
0: And I, I've never seen that. So
1: Julianne's been in New York City a lot longer than I
0: have. And. Well, back. to well, it the- feels sketchy. Like again, the trains. Oh, it's you
2: know the only thing we're missing is the graffiti. I know.
0: You at know, least that was like, kind of cool to look at, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, the I- the, gra- the rule is, if the train if the train gets tagged, it goes right to the yard to get the graffiti removed. We don't I let don't it run. Yeah. Well, the problem is once they started the band, you know, once they started doing that, you get a lot of the Euro trash that comes over from like Greece and Italy, yeah. and they'll bomb the trains. And to take the pictures to say, oh, I, you know, oh, I tagged up a, sub, a New York City subway train because it's yeah. it's it's harder to do than it was back in the day, mm. but it's yeah. still kind of if you know where to go and where to look for them.
3: Mm.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That stuff is cool, though. How they bomb those trains and they it do is, it so it's amazing. I think i showed it to you before, too.
2: Nice. I, I have guys. good pictures. Of the nice ones. They're,
1: it's. I'm pretty impressed with that. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah do i you remember, remember like, being a kid and like riding on the trains when it was just graffiti and then you would go through i guess the tunnel and the lights would go off <laughs> oh, yeah, that, <laughs> and that's when you did have like the strap thing the like strap, that little strap.
2: yeah and the lights would go off because that's when the car was off the third rail interesting Yeah. Huh. Now, they, now they don't do that anymore because let's say 10 car train 10 car train has 40 um third rail shoes if one of them's touching all of them are live
0: that makes sense. Also, it was scary. I mean, as a kid, it was like you're in the dark now on a crowded oh, train.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, that's probably not a good, <laughs> good thing. You know, yeah. are they are they kicking them out at the end of the stops now?
2: They're starting to finally.
1: Because mm-hmm. I used to take the train from uh, Flushing, yeah, Flushing and Broadway down to Broad Street, and that was interesting. Oh,
2: the, oh yeah, the J. The J one of, like I said, you know. Like what, I talking. was
1: listening to something. They said mm-hmm. that's like the worst train.
2: Oh, the J line is the worst because look at the neighborhoods. It goes through. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But
0: I also feel like it's a lot of EDPs now. Like I grew up on the J train, you know, like mm-hmm. I grew up living by where the J and the A were, like in Ozone Park, yeah. Woodhaven area. And I used to take the J to Sutfin. And then take the E into the city. But like every now and again, I would take the J into the city the whole way. Um, But it's like I lived in Ridgewood not that long ago. And I would take like the M to the J. And Mm -hmm. I feel like people would just get on and like mull about, you know, like I guess where it cuts through, like where the homeless shelters are, like Broadway and Myrtle.
2: Broadway, Myrtle. Yeah. Remember a couple of years ago, you guys had the MCI down there because you had like the K2 on the Mm K2. But yeah. when they went upstairs on the train, it's even worse. And, you know, they attack my people. They go after the conductors and the motorman. And yeah. it's just, you know, I tell them, look, if if someone hits you, defend yourself. I mean, yeah. you know, if they shoot through the window, go ahead and punch them right out the window. Or yeah. if you pull the cord and chase them down the platform with the shoe paddle and beat them, I can't help you with yeah. that. Yeah, They yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Oof.
1: Yeah, Broadway just, it, yeah, Broadway Myrtle is... Like a That's zombie. A whole man. other world over there. Yeah. Free
2: from woodhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. That is an amazing place. So yeah.
2: yeah. So it's now like that, all right. So if,
1: if we're going down in the subway. Yeah. All right. So what are some things that that you would tell, you know, ambulance guys that are coming down in the subway? Some stuff that you well, see that, that would make our job easier.
2: The conductors in the middle of the train. They're the ones who control the doors, the motorman's in the front. Mm. You know, go to them or look for a supervisor or a white collar. Um, don't go. You know, you can ask them if the power is on or off. Uh, the best way to te- the the best way they can tell you, it's connected to the air comfort system, basically the air conditioning. If the air conditioning, if they can't turn the air conditioning on, that means there's no third rail power. It's safe to go out onto the tracks. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't uh, go on yeah, the tracks. Anybody who's listening to this, don't go on the tracks until the fire get there.
2: Don't, yeah, don't make don't make. Put the, the fire in.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. but the air conditioner. Then you know. Yeah,
2: they're they So watching. if the
0: AC is on, then the third rail. The AC is on. on the power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The AC.
2: Hmm. Um, God dang. Yeah, look, look for one of us before you start trying to like pull shit or break shit or. Oh,
1: let me ask you this. All right, so <laughs> you're in a really long train. Not that I've had this happen. A really long train, and the yeah. person goes unconscious in the first car yeah. towards the end of the station. Can you back the train up?
2: It's easier. Well, there's a couple of ways we can go around it. You can either drag them to one of, those, one of the cars that's adjacent to the platform, which we've done before.
1: He's all the um, way at the end. The only door the is in the middle.
2: Usually what they'll do is tell you to go to the next stop. Because backing up the train uh, requires a lot of work to do and a lot of coordination. Oh, good. The Rangers finally scored. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of coordination. And by the, by the time you actually get the operation to move backwards, you could be at the next station. that could be off the train. Wow. So it really depends on what's going on. But if it's a man under, um, we do whatever it needs to get done to get him out of mm. there. Yeah. Even if that means um, uncoupling the train in the middle of the station. And we've had to do that before.
0: Have you, like, I always wondered, we had this job. I wasn't with Pete, like, a couple of years ago. And it was like, the guy was driving the train in the middle like it was it was like an out of service
2: middle the middle's the conductor they don't operate the train
0: well the no, the train was in the, was middle, in the middle of the track it was the
2: express track oh it was in the express track okay
0: yeah so he came through at flushing and broadway and he saw like a guy on the tracks which he oh. thought was like a doa and he called nine one one, and he said like i think it's a dead body and it was like the guy must have gotten hit several stops back and rolled because he was like white as a ghost like completely exsanguinated like like he was like a husk of a person but i wondered how and where did this guy get hit and and like is it possible that he just like like the train uh motorman just like wouldn't have even noticed and you know like it
2: happens all the time because especially in the dark you're in a dark tunnel if they're wearing dark clothes you really can't see but people wander onto the tracks all the time in between the stations. Mm-hmm. And there are times you don't see them. And like four or five trains will hit the person before someone realizes, oh, Hey, shit. now the hard part is we have to track down those crews and they all have to go sent- get sent for incident testing according because of the feds. Okay. So it, it becomes a very involved. So how do you- it's usually not their fault because you can't see, you, know, you can't see. Yeah. How do
1: so
0: you I wonder if he got hit five He must've got hit by like Essex street or something and then dragged because he was above ground. Like, I mean, he was now at Flushing and Broadway and, but it was like, he looked like I literally like even with my glasses on and it was like four in the morning. So, I mean, it was like, you know, maybe four 30, the sun was just about to come out. And I remember asking my Lieutenant, like, is that a real person? Cause I, it just, he was so twisted and so white and he was like, when they took him off the tracks, it was like a bag of bones. Like he he had oh, no God. solid matter to him at all. So he must have been hit like
2: somewhere before, you know. Or just got it's just or just the right spot on the wheel. I mean, the wheels will tear you up. And once you get under and around the wheels, you're basically hamburger. Ugh. It's it get really disgusting. And then I, I go get a... That back though. No, because we have you no, know, we have we have we're able to track the huh. crews and what we have we have computers believe it or not yeah. <laughs> i
1: know i, <laughs> I know. thought you guys were still on all resistors and stuff you guys are the only people who are going to survive the emp pulse so uh,
3: mm-hmm. no
2: nah. well well like i said you know unions my, my office in union square only one level below so i wouldn't survive um that's why i kind of hope you know if it does happen while you know, well, well, i'm on 80 before i hit parts <laughs> this way i can just turn around and go home
3: yeah <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Jeez. So huh. if you're in, let's say, like you're in Union Square, because that place is like super confusing. Is there it's any rhyme or reason? It's not that, that bad. That place out?
2: Yes, it is. That in Broadway Nassau Fulton Street. That's even worse.
0: Right. Yes. Broadway Nassau yeah. is. Yeah.
2: And Canal so, Street.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Fulton Street, like right by World Trade Center, downtown yeah. Fulton,
1: mm-hmm. downtown. That is very confusing. So, yeah. but the cool thing is, you can end up from like the port authority and stay underground pretty far. So, oh, yeah, that's an interesting. Walk over there.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: is there a, a way? Like, this is a weird question. So, if I know there's those things in the walls, right? If someone fell on the track and there's yeah. like no way to get up, like, how do you survive? Like, how can you?
2: Oh, you mean the niches? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's enough clearance. When you're looking at there, if you see the candy stripe, the red and white stripe, that's no clearance. I right, but on the like,
1: side of the platform, on the wall, yeah, on, there'll uh, be like a like a candy stripe on the wall. Yeah,
0: like, I've seen that. That's where you're gonna
1: get
2: squished. No, yeah, that's where you get squished, blood and bones. But if the niches, like my fat ass fits in the will fit in the niche, and they'll still be they'll still be about like six eight inches of clearance. Oh, so shit. there's there's but the best thing you can do. You know, um, get into one of the niches, uh, rolling under the platform. It depends because sometimes there's shit under there or there isn't enough clearance, especially mm. with the in the IRT, because those cars are narrower. So the the third rail shoes stick out seven inches from the car body. So there's not enough room. Hmm. But the best thing you can do is if someone's on the platform, take a bright light and just go back and forth because that's going mm. to go for an emergency stop. Or okay. if you do the the motormen are trained if they see someone doing the dance like that to you know hit the emergency you know put the train in emergency and stop the train
0: oh my god
2: i've, I've had to do that a couple of times when i was operating uh, the one when we, when we were still training when i was in the academy we're coming down queen's boulevard and um we're coming into the station and i see a toddler get away from her mom and book <gasps> towards the platform i so i stopped the train i was able to stop and everything my instructor looks at me and goes Man, if you wouldn't, if if um, he said, Man, if if we would have hit him, I would have been done. And I just turned to him coldly and said, It wouldn't have been my first dead child. And he just <laughs> he probably was like,
0: What is this guy? Serial killer? <laughs> Who what <laughs> what is this
2: guy? Was, <laughs> kind of, I was yeah. like, I was like, I just said, It wouldn't have been my first one, it wouldn't have been yeah. my first dead. Child. And he just looked at me and he's like, mm. Okay, let's just keep going now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, so wait, this is completely off topic. Did you have a lot of pediatric arrests in
2: Newark? I only had one.
1: Oh, thank God. God.
2: I've only had three pediatric arrests. My first one was on Mother's Day, 2002. um, And that was at the PSP Belfast and Barracks in Belfast up on 191. Mm -hmm. That was my first one. I had one up in Stroudsburg in 2005. And I had one in Newark in 2008. And the BLS at the time, didn't even tell us that it was a pediatric arrest until we got there. Hmm. And one of the, one of the BLS guys was an old medic who lost his number. You would hmm. think they would have told us that on the way.
3: Nope. Hmm. The Had hell? a lot of
2: sick kids in Newark. And I actually, la- I prefer taking care of the sick kids. I liked, I hmm. loved having kids. Not, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, I like taking care of them. I was, I was good with pediatric IVs also.
0: I mean I I don't love sick like when they're really sick but I like when we have kids you know like I like I like children um patients because I like being around little kids uh yeah. and and also I like OB outs which Peter hates
2: you know I well, only we ever had one and it was in oh wow Ranger scored again it was yeah. only it was one it was right after I started in Newark it was on Elizabeth Avenue one of the high rises down there I was working with Tuna actually oh wow and and um, we get there. He's like, Oh, this point of time. It was her fifth kid. And it was just like the scene in Men in Black. It was like, Push. Oh, wow. okay. Pulled the cord, you know, t- unwrapped the mm. cord from the neck, cut it. Like, okay. That was my one and only OB out. Oh,
0: mm. man. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, these guys mean, have okay. like tons of
2: them. I don't have any.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I actually I almost delivered. My,
0: as many as I'd like.
2: Uh, I almost delivered my own daughter at St. Luke's. Um, because when we were up there, when my wife was ready to pop, there were like four other deliveries going on, and I told them I was a paramedic, and I said I, I looked at the nurse and I said I've done this before. Should I just glove up now? And she just mm-hmm. started. Laughing. And then the mm-hmm. doc came. Yeah, my They're daughter was, another
1: hospital over there, right? I'm 33.
2: well, well, what the, is that? It probably has one at Hecktown Road. Luke's has the one yeah. at 33 um, in Freemansburg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was I going with that?
1: Yeah. I don't.
2: Remember. Oh, my daughter was an hour and twenty-four minutes from being a leak baby.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So what is it? February. Her birthday is February twenty-eighth. Tomorrow. Oh, that's
2: awesome. Yeah. Tomorrow, ten thirty-six p.m.
0: Wow! Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy. That's pretty. Yeah.
2: Uh, huh. And oh, she said she's a paramedic, and I said no
0: that's what, what my youngest
2: wants
1: to do now my youngest no. that's what she wants to do so no i don't know i mean you know, listen hopefully where i am it'll hopefully it'll be like a county job you know and it'll be like a paid fire department you yeah. know so that's you what know, i'm hoping for
2: because it's such a noble profession and it's mm. something that it, it's 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 something that needs to be provided to the people but it's yeah. just such a disaster and now with the yeah. you know with the plague and everything everyone's leaving left and right and yeah. you can't believe it yeah.
1: but listen now they're paying B- like i was reading this thing the other day it's like 25 hours an hour for bls and they're like you know the call volume is reasonable and responding from here and here and here and i'm like go back in the day 25 bucks an hour
2: i was making i was making 25 an hour at staten island back in 2005
1: yeah but that's yeah. a medic you know, but yeah. BLS,
2: you know, BLS yeah. is like... That
0: should be what it is because in 2004, be. I think I was making $9 or $10 an hour. So now that we're, you know, like almost 20 years later, you would think that like yeah. you should be making almost double that because rent has certainly 2004, doubled. 2004, I was making like 17 something I think in Jersey uh,
2: City. As to yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I came back to Pennsylvania, I took a hell of a pay cut. I went yeah. from twenty five at Staten Island down to like fifteen fifty at Suburban. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, they I'll don't pay, there, pay 30 and know. change finally.
1: Yeah, I know they're starting to get up over there. So I was talking to Jason. He's out
2: at um I know Cetronia. Cetronia. Yeah. Yeah, I work for also. Okay. <laughs> I was such a nomad. Yeah. I never stayed at a full time spot for more than twenty three months. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: that's the thing we, is like yo, Julian, everybody works everywhere out there.
2: Yeah. Let's see. It was so. medic not- Easton, back to Medic Nine, Staten Island, Suburban, Citronia, the U, back to Suburban, back to Easton, and then the township. Wow. Township. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not including the part-time jobs. There was a one-time at the end of two thousand five. I had six part-time. I had six jobs between three states. Oh my god. In in Pennsylvania, I had Medic Nine, Suburban, and Citronia because I just started there. Um, I had the U because I just started there, and I was still on the roster at Staten Island and Lutheran, so see, yeah. The
0: that thing that's hard about EMS because I feel like you shouldn't have to do that, you know, you and it's that like kills you, you know, that really kills you. When, um, when I
2: started that transit, everyone's like, Why'd you leave EMS? The pay I'm yeah. making. I mean, I, I told them I'm t- making almost twice as much for a lot less yeah. stress and not carrying anybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: And if the biggest thing is like with any city job, I don't think anybody, it's it's the long game, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, once you get in, you're going to take the hit in the beginning in the first five years, you know, yeah. to top out, you know, and it's a matter of, can you take that pay hit?
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know. Know. yeah but, but, but you have a pension, you have benefits, you have opportunity mm-hmm. to advance. Mm hmm. So yeah, not yeah. everywhere has You know, no. Boston the best. Yeah, they
1: do. Yeah. So definitely. Uh who else was I talk to? One of my friends out in California and he works for a big city and mm-hmm. California's like 16 or 17 an hour.
2: Yeah, but they're weird out there because in Southern like,
1: California. This is for a fire department. I was like, what?
2: Yeah. But they so. were weird out there the way they're set up because you know, you have, you, have, you know, 3,000 medics on the fire engine, and then the ambulance just comes and transports, and yeah. it's like, okay, does the ambulance medic do anything? Yeah. So what, yep. go, really, what good it's, is
1: that? I, I don't know, because um, I was talking to, my buddy just got hired in LA County, and he's waiting to get upgraded. So mm. I know out there, it's a whole different thing. Like, they just do, like, first responder stuff. Yeah. Um, but, what? It's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting system over there so we're talking to a couple people
2: from there so we'll see it's pretty cool how you get like how you guys get people from all over the place that's one of you know when you told me about the about how you were doing this I was like you know it's it's cool to hear how other places do it and it's also nice to know that everyone's dealing with the same shit just different accents Mm -hmm.
1: yeah It's, it's all you know it's all fun you know what I mean so um i think we have a lot of good stories you know like the firefighters do you know we're just inhibited in our telling of it you know there's hipaa laws
0: and um so you know it's it's just it's a little different with ems because you're talking about people's health and stuff like that you know just it's just you
2: don't you can't you can't drop names that's all you can't drop dates Mm -hmm. yeah But it
0: has been a pretty exciting thing to learn about how people do EMS elsewhere, you know? yeah. Yeah. We're light years
1: behind places. Light
2: years. That's one of the things that frustrated me when I was down in New York because it was just, you know, for what the system could be, it wasn't, and it was very oh, damn, they're lost. Um, It was very (laughs) disheartening when I was down there. The thing is,
1: there are but you know there's so many providers that the doctors they're nervous i think it's signing over you know their licenses with that many providers but they you know like easton or whatever they they knew us
2: you know oh yeah
1: Easton was great because i was
2: you know when i do my reports hey it's herbie i got this i'm doing this yeah okay and the one time a doc denied me and i lit them up in the er yeah so
1: that's that's the thing is that's why i think that our protocols are very um you know rudimentary i mean we're, rudimentary. We're not, i don't even can't see rudimentary like
2: you because know we're doing a lot of stuff now but so, um, you know in the time you know when you guys first started down there was silverman still one of the doc in the boxes oh my gosh
0: mm-hmm.
2: yes he did, he did <laughs> my mac i up on him i can't i, oh, I
0: don't even want to say dude. anything i think he might still be around he might yeah i haven't um, talked to him in a long time but i think he's around
2: he was a asshole
0: yo, he,
3: yo here's the crazy
1: wait I so listen to this crazy thing Yo, Silverman did my remak, right? And when yeah. I had to do like my oral part, like I messed up on it. And he's like, listen, relax, relax, just stop. He's like, I know you know this. And all right, go ahead. We're going to start back over. And I tell people this, I'm like, yo, there's no way that that's like. I him. know. You.
0: It's not his MO.
1: Yeah.
0: I've had I him know. like hang
1: up on me. Like I'm asking for something. And he's like, what's the uh, MP, uh, SPO2? Not low enough. Drive to the hospital. Call me back. Mike.
0: He yelled at me one time because uh, he like he was going to talk to a patient through like an interpreter on the scene. Mm -hmm. And he told me to tell everyone in the room to turn their (laughs) radios off. He needed to be able to hear. But there were two police officers with us. And I'm obviously not going to ask them to turn their radios off like they're not (laughs) us. And they didn't. And when I got back on the phone thinking like, okay, is it going to be an RMA? He basically like fucking chewed me up, um, screaming so loud about, I told you to tell everyone to turn their radios off. And I was like, you know, they're police officers. Like, I can't do that. And he hung mm-hmm. up on me. He said, take the RMA. And he hung up and the police officers were like, did he just yell at you? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, for us not turning off our radios. And I was like, Yep. Yeah. But they heard him. That's how loud he was that they could hear what he was saying to me.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Everybody has a story, man. I know. Uh,
2: Some things don't change.
3: No. Mm -mm. So,
0: but, you know, some people just have different personalities, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yep. So. Oopy. What's Mm -hmm. that? He likes you. I know. (laughs) I hope so. I know. Because he knows you're you're as abrasive
0: do don't don't no. It, it takes one to know one or something, I guess. I guess.
1: <laughs> I've calmed down I my mean, old age. Yeah. yeah. calmed down a lot. So
2: mm-hmm. Herbie, uh, do you have
1: anything else that you'd like to tell everybody?
2: EMS retirement is definitely different, but it actually does change you, like mm. physiologically. But would I change things? No. It was a fun time. You know, I had 16 years, 18 if you count, but that really wasn't anything. But I was on, I was in the back for, on the box for 16 years. It was a fun time. I met a lot of good people. I met a whole bunch of lifelong friends. I learned a lot of lifelong lessons, both on and off the job. And the stuff that I learned in EMS carried me, helps me through my new life. So for all its faults, it is still a noble profession. But you got to be able, it's like you said, you got to be able to have a long-term plan, whether it be staying in it and going somewhere where you can advance or re- actually, God forbid, retire
3: yeah.
2: or, or have an out. Yeah. You know, it was act- The whole thing of me going into EMS was accidental because that whole thing at Benton her started with my friend one day. Hey, I'm heading, I'm heading over to the ambulance station. You want to come over? Oh, hmm. okay, sure. But I was always, as a, even as a kid, I was always about helping people. Hell, I did yeah. the Heimlich on my mom one time. But I always, I always was about helping people, so it just fell right in for me. Yeah, and became a paramedic. It was one of the, you know, my dad actually bear hugged me because he was so proud of me. You know, and you know he's a typical gruff Irish German who doesn't show. Yeah,
1: well, those those guys they didn't show emotion back then. That whole generation.
2: Uh, That's the other thing. It's okay to not be okay. You know, always, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and get the help. It's not like the old days. You can't just suck it up and keep it in anymore. Don't be afraid to reach out and get the help. You know, we've yeah. lost too many people. That's yeah. important. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. You know, I got lucky. Cuz mm-hmm. like I said before, all the shit that I saw, I mean for God's sake, the, the schoolyard shooting in Newark uh, back in 07 and mm-hmm. somehow I managed not to get diagnosed with PTSD, so I got lucky. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's fortunate, so never, Mm -hmm. ever be afraid to reach out. It's okay to not be okay.
1: Yeah. I think it's more okay now to say that, you know, than a bunch of years ago. So
2: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Julie, you got anything? I mean, I was going to ask, like, before we end, if, like, if you don't want to talk about it, but you said the schoolyard shooting, what, do you mind if I ask what that was? like?
2: August, August 2007. Um, four kids were visiting home back from Delaware state college. They were hanging out in one of the schoolyards in the, um, West, in the West water, Newark past Irvington, in the Ivy Hill section. Um, it was an MS 13 gang initiation hit kind of thing. Um, they were hanging out. All four of them got shot. Mm-hmm. So when we got the job, you know, it was me, the boss, you, uh, Pete, you remember Paulie Visos- Visoskis? You've heard of him? Paulie? Part of the name paulie okay. yeah vaguely okay oh uh, he, he, he 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 was there with us so when we get there and you know when you walk into a job and just something doesn't feel right yeah. well this was outside and the car that they were in was parked in the school middle of the schoolyard and it was just eerie it was just us the bls who happened to be two medic students and two cops and me, my partner, and the chief. And my partner was Bryce um, that day. So and this we go isn't up, a
1: bad neighborhood either.
2: No, it was. Like awesome.
1: Ivy Hill is Ivy it's like a hidden Hill. section up in the top corner. So
2: by to like get to Maplewood. the get to where they were, you'd have to go up one set of steps to get to the top. Okay, fine. So we start getting packaging. Paulie go down goes down the stairs, but he went down a different set of stairs. Now, Paulie was in Newark for 40 years, so he's mm. seen a lot. Mm. And all I heard was his blood-curling scream from him going, oh, shit, there's more.
3: What? So
2: I go barreling down the stairs, and there was the one girl up top, and down at the bottom were two guys and another girl. And they were all shot execution style, and their faces were slashed. And both girls were sexually assaulted. Oh so I went, to, I pulled out my mag light, went down the line, no pulse, no pulse, no pulse, fixed, dilated, fixed, dilated, fixed, dilated. Mm. And I yelled up to my, I yelled up to group, get the fuck out of there. You know, we're going to get ambushed. Yeah. So, you know, Paulie got on the radio and started, you know, started screaming the way Polly used to God rest his soul. And um, out of nowhere, like the cavalry showed up. So we had four people in the back of that truck. She was unconscious, but. I think she had one hell either she had one hell of a deep fake or something because she was also shot in the head she was yeah. shot in the cheek but the bullet bounced around and never penetrated mm-hmm. but she was out so we get her in the back of the bus I go to intubate her I get the tube through the gag and as, as we're tying down the securing and listening she sits up exorcism style and just vomits all over the back of the truck and she's panicking like look you're in the back of the ambulance where the yeah. paramedics you're safe You're safe. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's like the fight or flight just dumping. Up or down.
2: You know, the other truck went and pronounced the the other three. But that one was that was the worst job of my career. Mm -hmm. And it would that one gave me nightmares pretty bad for a while. You know, and like I said before, the ghosts pop up once in a while. Like even now, as I talk about it, it's a little you know, a little bit of it. But she's alive because of us. You know, we did what we could with what we had yeah. and there was nothing we could do to change the outcome. It's just one of those things to acknowledge. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But it actually, it made, it made national headlines and everything. And when yeah, it went I remember to tra-
1: that, I vaguely remember that one. And,
2: and okay. when, it, and when, when it all went to trial, I'm the one who wrote the chart, but I never got called to testify. And actually really? um, law and order criminal intent did an episode loosely based on, on it. Oh, really? and I was at the ta- yeah I was at the township and that episode started I'm like guys you need to turn this off like mm-hmm. just shut change the fucking shower. you need to turn the TV oh. off and like be lined out of the room mm. and then I you know once I calmed down I explained to everybody what happened and like
3: yeah
2: oh okay you good yeah I'm good now mm. okay. so that's what that was that that counts as worst job ever
1: yeah
2: mm. and I'm I'm not afraid to speak about it obviously
1: yeah, but you yeah, have to tell somebody about cool. it, you know. Somebody else could be going, you know, so yeah, and it's not even something that's serious, you know, it could be something super small,
2: yeah. You know? And then that, whatever um, yeah. reason, a small little one could be something that triggers you, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I agree. I feel like sometimes it's, I mean, like that sounds like a terrible job, but like.
2: You know, oh, was,
0: you do shootings all day long, but then, like, there's some one that just gets you, and it's
2: like, holy well, shit. Well, when you yeah. think of, you know, Newark, nine out of 10 times the shootings, you know, the perp knows who, you know, the perp knows the victim, the victim knows the perp, mm. blah, blah, you know, gang, drugs, whatever. This was just four totally innocent kids, and that's what made it worse. Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess the innocent parties, mm-hmm. that's the worst yeah. part. So, mm-hmm. Jeez. I'm going to send you that article, Joel. Yeah, that was like, that was a big thing over
2: here. Yeah. Yep. It was all, it was, I think it was August.
1: Yeah, it was August. I'm looking at it right now. I think it was August like
2: August 4th. August 4th. Yeah. yeah. Because then August 11th in 2011 was when Robbie Lassa got killed in Freemansburg and I was the medic on that job.
1: Oh, uh,
2: yeah. We to, you were still, yeah, you were still in the area for that, right? No, I wasn't up there yet. I don't think so. No, I don't think no, I was but, there yet. 2009. I don't know when you left to go to the other place. When you left to go to where you are now, 2012. Was... Okay, so yeah, you were up here for that. I wasn't here for that one though.
1: Mm-mm.
2: Well, you were probably at Eastern. I was at the I was at the township, obviously. Okay. But, you yeah. know. but I think you were still in the area for that. But that was my second, and it wasn't even. Be- it was just because of the situation. Like we went in, we did our thing, and um, it wouldn't have changed the results. Yeah but yeah so this was a
1: police a... officer Joel. he was like oh. on a, um a domestic or something
2: no it was the neighborhood asshole you know the neighborhood asshole was being the neighborhood asshole um he sicked his dog on the cop the cop pulled his taser the asshole pulled the shotgun mm. and it got him in, it got him in the carotid oh mm. my god so yeah he was dead before he hit the ground Shit. and it was like uh you know jason jason was the medic student for that one and um that you know like i oh, yeah. when i do memorial post of that you know he became a medic that day because he and i were in charge of the airway and he was just cool calm and collected oh, yeah. the whole
1: i forgot about yes i do mm-hmm. remember that yeah because Jay was still my partner then
2: exactly yeah
1: hmm. that's pretty yeah. fucked up mm-hmm. yeah i got to get him on here too yeah i got to get him on
2: here oh definitely
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah he, he's people
1: he's come a long way
2: Jason yes, he has, has come
1: has. a long way. So he has. Very proud of him. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right. So Herb, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, it's good to see you. I know. You thanks for, for hanging with us. Yeah. Hold on. What do you want to say hi? Hurry up, Olivia.
2: <laughs> hi. <laughs> you know, Pete, give my give my give my love to Tilta World. I will. I will. Yeah. A side note i remember her when she was a junior firefighter 20 years ago
1: <laughs> yeah i know yo everybody's getting old bro we're all getting old
2: yeah we are getting old
1: that's mm-hmm. the scary we're getting more
0: experienced this. life experience
1: Old. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> hang on one sec right behind the 744 k Avenue, 7650 k Avenue.